This is the Impact Report. I'm your host, Katie Elman. The Impact Report brings together students and faculty in Bard College's MBA in Sustainability program with leaders in business, sustainability, finance, social entrepreneurship, and more. These conversations go live the first and third Friday of each month. On January 10th, New York City became the first major U.S. city to announce that the city's $189 billion pension fund would divest from fossil fuel reserve owners within the next five years. Currently, the city's pension funds hold approximately $5 billion in securities from over 190 fossil fuel companies. To learn more about this, I'm joined by Bard MBA Cindy Wasser, and we're speaking with Dan Zarilli, Chief Resilience Officer for the City of New York. Hi, Daniel. Thanks for joining us today. There was some news recently. Can you tell us more about the plan and what led the city to take some action? Absolutely. And thanks for having me here today. Um, You know, this is one piece of a very broad uh, spectrum of actions that we're taking on climate change here in New York City. We're investing $20 billion in uh, climate adaptation. We're making great strides on cutting our greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, What we announced uh, a few weeks ago on divestment is an important part of that effort to make sure that we are holding fossil fuel companies accountable for what's been uh, done to our planet and also making sure that we're being responsible to our pensioners and those who rely on the city's pensions and getting uh, the fossil fuel investments out of that portfolio. Uh, They've continued to underperform relative to the market and the outlook continues to be poor. And so we're taking steps um, and we're the first city and I believe state to make uh, a a specific target and a goal of divesting our full fossil fuel assets. And we're planning on doing that by the, uh, within the next five years and certainly as quickly as we can. Wow, that's that's really incredible that New York City is leading the nation like that. Why now? Oh, I mean, it's just the right moment to continue to accelerate our climate actions. Um, and, you know, thinking through just the, the lens on our, our pensions, uh, it's the moment because the, the market sort of demands it uh, with the fossil fuel assets underperforming. Uh, it's just the right moment to do that. It also happens to line up really well with just the fact that we need, all need to continue accelerating our climate action, which is why we're taking, uh, making huge strides and taking action on things like our mandatory building retrofits and expanding electric vehicle charging infrastructure. Uh, good good fiscal and fiduciary responsibility to our pensions lines up perfectly with the right thing to do to protect our climate. And so, uh, you know, the time is now and we're taking every action we can. Mm -hmm. How is the city going to convey to the pensioners and and residents that this isn't a symbolic gesture? How are you going to show progress and impact? Well, I mean, it's clearly not a symbolic gesture, and um, many organizations are taking this same step across the globe. Uh, you just, we just saw great news with Norway uh, making news on their divesting. Um, Lloyd's of London, a bunch of universities have stepped up to do this. And it's being done because uh, they're recognizing that the long-term future of the fossil fuel companies and the potential for uh, stranded assets is real and is going to continue to mean that these companies are going to be underperforming uh, well into the future. And so we want to make sure that we're doing everything to protect our pensions and make sure they continue to perform for those who, who need to rely on them. And, and New Yorkers 
uh, know that we're taking the right prudent steps to protect their pensions. And this is just fitting into that overall um, work that we do as a city. Great. I think it's so interesting that you're talking about this and you're the chief resiliency officer and it's not necessarily coming from the mayor's office or the budget office. Who all was involved in this decision and um, and how did that roll out um, internally? Oh, well, you know, certainly within the mayor's office, there's a number of us that work on climate change issues and we work really closely with our uh, our pension office and others. And so this has been something that uh, we've been working on, uh, trying to working to understand and make sure that we're taking the right steps and we're convinced that these are the right steps to take. And, and we're also doing that in partnership with other trustees on the, the pension boards as well. And if you saw our press conference a few weeks ago, the city controller was there, um, other trustees like the public advocate, uh, the heads of the unions that are that are affected here, um, all standing up and saying this is the right thing to do and we're setting a target. And uh, that's a really bold and, and big statement that we're making by doing that. And all those um, offices and departments are all involved in other resiliency and sustainability efforts, I assume. Yeah, and that's you know broad-based across the entire city. We have a lot of different departments that are working on things, and whether it's our coastal resilience measures that we work on with the Parks Department and Environmental Protection, or it's our greenhouse gas emissions and leading by example by retrofitting the city's own buildings and uh, continuing to expand our electric vehicle fleet, um, and then ultimately bringing those measures out uh, into the private sector as well. Um, there are a number of agencies and partners that we continue to work with and, and will continue to work with to make sure we're achieving our bold climate goals. Great. Yeah, that's really, really awesome. Um, it seems like New York City is doing a lot on sustainability and resiliency broadly. Um, let's talk a little bit about your background. I know resiliency has been kind of a buzzword more recently, but you've also had um, activities in economic development and um, and other, you know, coastal management. How did you get to your current position? Uh, sure. So I, I spent a lot of time in city government going back to 2004 on a lot of waterfront issues, um, whether it was bulkhead inspections and pier maintenance. Um, at one point, I was overseeing the city's cruise terminals and ferry landings and, uh, you know, negotiating the, the deals for operations on those facilities and such. And, uh, of course, Sandy in 2012 hit with full force in the city and a lot of those same facilities that were um, in that portfolio that I was managing were the same ones that were extensively damaged and needed to be restored and we needed to get our tenant operations back up and running. And so I did a lot of, I spent a lot of time in the recovery effort um, in that regard and then made a pivot in 2013 and supported the city's efforts to develop a comprehensive coastal resiliency plan uh, for all five boroughs based on the, the knowledge and insight that I've been able to gain from all that work for the last number of years. And it's really just been a, a, a steady trajectory of um, continuing to make sure that we are doing more and more as a city on climate change. And uh, I'm now overseeing the sustainability office and the resiliency office, uh, which have great leadership and uh, great teams doing a lot of amazing work. And really, it's just about making sure that New York City continues to lead on climate change in this moment when uh, the, uh, we are, you know, the United States is pulled out of the Paris Agreement. We're accelerating and doubling down on all the investments we're making as a city. Um, and it's just been a, a natural progression to make sure that we continue to lead on that 
And we, we learn when we take action here in New York City, the rest of the globe notices. And uh, whether it was our commitment to 80 by 50 and then a number of cities after that made that commitment and, and have, um, are making uh, their own dramatic greenhouse gas emission reductions, um, or now in this conversation around divestment and our current climate lawsuit, we're seeing a lot more interest in those sort of actions as well um, as part of a full broad-based approach to dealing with the risks of climate change. Can you tell us a little bit about how New York City is preparing for future storm events, like the next Hurricane Sandy that might hit the city? Um, sure. And, and one of the real big innovations I think we came up with um, in responding to Hurricane Sandy was not just responding to Hurricane Sandy. And, and yes, we're expecting um, with climate change that you know more frequent uh, big storm events, those storms can take different forms, whether it's rain or whether it's um, storm surge and, and high winds. We also know that we have a long-term uh, threat from sea level rise. Heat kills more New Yorkers than any other natural hazard. So we've got a $20 billion program that we're advancing to deal comprehensively with those risks. And we are advancing upgrades to our infrastructure. We are planting more trees and green infrastructure to deal with, um, uh, uh, to better deal with precipitation risks. And uh, we're continuing to advance coastal defense measures as well all over the city. And, and all of that is making us um, certainly safer every day because of the things we're able to finish. And whether you look at the Rockaway Boardwalk as an integrated resilience investment because it's part of our coastal defense, it's also a great community amenity, uh, the things that we're able to accomplish with the Army Corps, and we have more of that coming, and then all of the investment that we're doing to our infrastructure across the city um, you know, a lot of it on the ground that you'd never even see, but all of it's being upgraded and improved and will continue to make the city safer in the event of all those risks that we know are coming at us. Excellent. So the, the podcast audience is, you know, interested in sustainability and, and climate change. Any other additional thoughts or comments you'd want to share with this group? Any resources related to divestment or New York City's sustainability efforts that we can direct them to? Well, I would definitely point people to our um, uh, to our site. Uh, like two things. One, if you want a, a good understanding of the broad program, our One NYC program, which is the city's strategic plan, lays out in pretty comprehensive detail all the different things we're doing as a city. And you can find that at nyc.gov/one-nyc. And then, very specifically, we have a really good program called Green YC that is about all the things that you can do in your own life, all the behavior changes. That are going to that are necessary, and whether it's just um, you know a, the ability to, and we have giveaway programs where we give away coffee mugs and um, and bags in in lieu of plastic bags. Part of our bring your own campaign. The Green YC website is also a, a great resource in order to bring the concepts of sustainability into your own life. Um, and it's not just you know the things that someone else has to do or government has to do that's going to win this battle but it's also the things you can do in your own life. Great. I want to go back to something you said a few minutes ago. You mentioned a lawsuit. Are you able to touch on that a bit more and um, talk about that connection to divestment and climate action? Sure. Um, just, I guess, real quick on that is on the same day that we announced the divestment, we also announced that we are uh, bringing suit against uh, five of the oil majors um, for damages that have been done to New York City and that we expect to continue into the future um, that lawsuit just got filed. It's uh, you know there, there's been a, a growing trend across the country, or at least in California. There's maybe eight or nine other cities that have taken action like that. 
our our case is probably a little bit unique just because it's uh, filed in New York um, under New York law. Um, but what it is is just saying we have faced damages, uh, and the oil companies have sold a product that they knew was causing these damages, and they engaged in a decades-long pattern of deception and denial about those impacts, and that has caused us um, damage and it has cost us money, and we want to recover that uh, uh, those damages. Wow, that's that's quite a statement. Are those other cities U.S.-based or are they international? Um, all, the ones that we're we're following pretty closely are the ones in California, so San Francisco and Oakland, and then a few smaller um, cities as well have taken similar action in California, um, like state court. But our our case is the first one outside of uh, California uh, in that regard. And when will we hear more about that? Well, it's, it's, you know, both of these things um, involve a little bit of process. And so we'll have more to say on that as the process in the courts unfolds. And, you know, we ultimately, it, they're, they're very much modeled in some ways on the tobacco lawsuits. And, uh, you know, that was a very long process to ultimately be able to collect. We know that the court process is going to take a number of years. And, uh, you know, we're, we're very committed to pursuing that to its full extent. Right. And what what's the end result? What would be the best case scenario that comes out of that lawsuit? Oh, well, I think the best case scenario is that the uh, the defendants in those cases in that case are held responsible for the damage they cause and um, pay for the damage to the city so we can continue to prepare for the storms and the heat that's coming. Excellent. Thank you so much, Dan, for joining us today. Wonderful. Thank you very much. You can learn more about this and other steps New York City is taking to mitigate climate change by visiting nyc.gov. Join us for the next episode of the Impact Report on Friday, February 16th, when we'll be talking with Tom Zaki of TerraCycle. The Bard MBA in Sustainability is one of a select few graduate programs globally that fully integrates sustainability into a core business curriculum. Learn more at mba.bard.edu.